1: Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. I'm your podcast host, Jason Miller, and today I have Matt on the show with us today. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, hey, I usually do a really bad job at introducing people. So uh, why don't you just give a little introduction who you are and what superpowers are?
0: Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, a, a little bit of backstory. I was a videographer in uh, October 25th, 2019. I decided to stop being a hypocrite, and started my <laughs> own YouTube channel. And uh, I've had a lot of, you know, lessons and insights come up over the past few years of releasing content consistently on the platform. I love it. I think it's one of the best places to create content for. Uh, one of the best opportunities, and a lot of people do believe that it's frustrating and overwhelming. Uh, and to which I like to say, what's going to take you more work: creating a whole bunch of content for the feeds that are relentless and burying your content after a day, or creating content for a platform that can bring you opportunity in you know lo- uh, longer. Evergreen formats, so you essentially are able to attract and grow an audience with content that's you know over a year old, couple years old. It's the only platform that really gives you that opportunity. And so I always love to encourage people. I, I kind of I look at when I meet new people, I always see a YouTube channel in them somewhere. So that's what I like to work on with people now, uh, focusing on their strategy and helping them to really. Uh, develop a core message, tap into a core audience, and to focus on a singular goal with their channel. And uh so that's that's a little bit of my story and where uh you know things kind of started out.
1: Nice, nice. Well, you know, it's interesting because you know, you hear contents king, video's king, this is king, that's king, all this stuff is king, right? So it's like an overused phrase, right? Um, but I mean, today, when you really look at today, people don't see whether they have the time or not, right? It doesn't really matter. People have a really short uh, attention span, right? So it's like, to me, video is what can get the message out in a more effective way. And I'm curious to what you've saw as trends and all these different things with video. Cause you're clearly the video guy when it comes to YouTube. So What are the trends you're seeing with all these platforms, right? TikTok and all these different things and combining them into a strategy that works and so on and so forth. So if you could share a little bit of insight, not your secret sauce, but a little bit of your insight there on what you see out there in the market today.
0: I would say uh, to one thing you mentioned earlier was you know, the superpower. And, and for me, that is the ability to break down overcomplication and, and really simplify <laughs> things for people. And so the trend I feel right now when it comes to content marketing and video, regardless of what platform, is your ability to simplify a message, connect with an audience and that's easier said than done. When it comes to attention span, one thing that people aren't really thinking about is that Netflix binge session or going to a theater for 2 hours. It's not necessarily that content can't keep people interested and that our short uh, we have short, you know, goldfish attention spans. I think it's more about how do we actually connect with people? How do you share a story? How do you structure your content in a way that it, uh, piques curiosity and keeps people watching and creates that, you know, binge-worthy uh, watch session? Because that's really ultimately the goal of every social media platform is to keep people, you know, watching or invested, spending time on their platform, and and so they the algorithms reward people who are capable of doing that, and and we can actually take some you know, inspiration from places like Netflix and and movies and, and start to create more content that's focused on number one, what is this person experiencing and what's it like to be in their shoes and create content specifically for them and share stories from our own, you know, in the trenches, the lessons that we've learned. And I think that that's you know absolutely critical to to creating a content strategy that that's going to work on any social media platform. It comes down to connection and being able to share a story with people that you know will actually resonate with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it. I don't know who it was. I think it was Gary V. I seen a quote from him, and he was like. You know, it's not that we have a short attention span; it's that you're putting out garbage, <laughs> something like that, right? And, yeah. And maybe that's, that's more of the maybe that's more the answer. I mean, there's so much; people are putting out so much stuff, right? And if it's not valuable, why do you expect people to watch it, right? So it's a great topic, and and, and I think we have to provide actual value in the marketplace rather than just some junk that we think is valuable. Right.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Value is definitely a baseline requirement.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: It's like, if we're not providing value, then that's just an expectation. Now we have to do that. And and so I want to share a really quick story with you that relates to this topic, because This is a mistake that I made with YouTube for a couple of years, and that was contributing to the noise with Me Too content based on SEO strategy that was the equivalent of shiny object syndrome. In other words, I would get caught up in the opportunity to uh, get in front of search traffic And then I would create a Me Too video, which essentially just added on to the noise out there. Anyone could replicate that content. And so it was low quality. I think what builds upon that and the next strategy, like the focus moving forward, is really more about creating content that is high quality in terms of its ability to connect with people instead of creating content for me I want to learn about what can I do to create the best viewer experience for others and showing up from that place of service and support in the content, I think is, you know, how you differentiate yourself. Everything's been said and done, right? So what, what can we do to stand out? We have to put our personality in there and and we have to really be focused on the person on the other end of the, on that, of that piece of content.
1: Yeah, I always try to import on young business owners, it's not about you, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you care about your client. Your client doesn't give a shit about you. Not really, right? They just want what you told them you're going to give them, right? Yeah. So focus your conversation around them versus me, me, me. Well, I do this. Well, I do that. We do this, we do that, right? And you see so much of that number. That's the noise you're talking about. Um, and if we can just change the narrative and make, it's the whiffum. what's in it for me, right? <laughs> from the clients, from the customer standpoint, what's in it for them? And if you keep that target focused around that, I mean, just from my own personal experience, um, marketing and things, That just gets so much more positive influence, right? Mm -hmm. And especially through video. And, you know, that's a powerful tool to have for sure. So, yeah, that's that's another thing I've really noticed.
0: You can almost see it immediately too in how people, you know, carry themselves. If if who they're focused on, uh, it's almost instantaneously recognizable. (laughs) <laughs> what that they're focused on, <laughs> you know, they they're creating a piece of content because they want to create it, versus I'm I'm showing up for my viewers and making something that's going to really help them.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, and the whole point behind this podcast in the first place was helping um, young business owners, right? And like a lot of the things that you've talked about, um, you just look at those as commonplace. But now you take somebody that's a young business owner, some of the little things that you touched on, those are like little gold nuggets to them, right? So that's why we have platforms like these where we can just, I mean, we just get a vomit information, right? But then information is only as good as it can be implemented. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then there's that whole. great point. You know, there's a whole nother 30 minute segment right there, but, but the, it's worth diving into just maybe not deeply, but people put out all this content and, but they don't use it correctly. I I got a great example of this. So you get featured in Forbes magazine. Woohoo. Right. Great. (laughs) Great. You got featured in Forbes magazine, but what did you do with it after the fact? Yeah right? And that's the part people forget. It's like, that should just get put into your whole content strategy, right? And people just think that, oh, Forbes featured me, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. Well, that's not how it works. Um, I can speak of that from first-hand experience. (laughs) So (laughs) you have to use the content in the right way. And it's really important. And, you know, content strategy, like you were talking before, it's, it's not just singular. It is, you have to use it amongst all platforms. Right. And, but the good thing I think about YouTube is it, I don't know if I want to use the term oversaturated, but a lot of the other platforms, I don't know another word, but a lot of them have been oversaturated. Right. So, and I mean, YouTube's getting there. <laughs> no doubt, because you get a commercial every five seconds now, pretty much. But unless you have
0: YouTube premium.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. But, but I still think YouTube is a very underutilized channel for sure. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is the power of knowing how to use it, right? Which is, I guess, your superpower is knowing the how. And if you were to just drop one big golden nugget on, you know, what's a YouTube tip that you could drop to the audience that they can implement today and go, wow, that actually worked.
0: I would say the biggest one is to be very clear about what the core message of your channel is and communicate it in everything. Put it in your channel art, write it in your about page, put it into the descriptions, and make it as short and concise as possible. Uh, channels that have a core message that stay on track will grow faster. If you're creating content in a bunch of different topics that doesn't have a cohesive theme, you're you're going to pull your channel in all kinds of directions. Uh, it, it's not magic to get views and subscribers. It's It's the effort that goes into really understanding what that core audience is and then conveying a a core message to them without getting distracted. It's very easy to uh, pull yourself in too many directions. And that's what I meant with shiny object syndrome when it comes to keyword strategy. You know, I I was creating tutorials first about video production, but I also wanted to make a marketing channel. The idea of my channel initially was a DIY video marketing destination which is a little bit generic. And, you know, I I didn't have clarity about who was actually subscribing to the channel. I wanted Mm. coaches and consultants to subscribe and ended up building a, uh, a hobbyist filmmaker segment unintentionally because of an application that I covered that actually ended up taking off. And, you know, I didn't think that through. So being very intentional about the core message of a channel uh, and staying on track with that is is how you win the game on YouTube. You play that long-term, you make sure you've got a compelling uh, message for your channel and and stay focused on it and and don't get too distracted with it. If you look at anyone's channel, I guess like a lot of people use Mr. Beast as an example. His core uh, content strategy is... Uh, larger than life it's the concept that you can see throughout all of his content and that's his like his compass his true north that's the direction he he goes with all the content but it's always moving in the same direction and he's he's giving people what they want to see
1: yeah so here's a question for you that i'd even like to know and that is do you monetize all your videos or not
0: yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, you you have to kind of earn your way there, right? We have to get the thousand mm-hmm. subscribers, 4,000 hours uh, of watch time. And, and a lot of creators do make the mistake of thinking that the YouTube Partner Program is their primary strategy for in- income from the platform. And here's the truth about that. If you... Uh, get to a point where the YouTube Partner Program is paying you somewhere in the ballpark of $1,000 or more per month, you've already opened up so many other doors of opportunity for yourself that that source of income is irrelevant to you. It's just a bonus. And so I always like to encourage people to think of the YouTube Partner Program as a bonus for doing the work uh, instead of like, that's how I'm going to make money on YouTube. There are so many other ways that you can produce revenue from a YouTube channel by creating your own opportunities. Uh, and so, a great channel strategy, you know, actually has that in mind. For me, affiliate marketing has done very well. It does pay more than the YouTube Partner Program. Uh, to answer your question directly, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, it depends on the content, right? I have it turned yeah. on. Um, and, and all the work that you did previously to get up to that 1000 subscriber mark, it's kind of cool that you can just go and turn monetization on for all the work that you already did. Uh, but full transparency at the time of this recording, my channel's about 2,400 subscribers, which, you know, some might say is not very much. And who, who am I to advise? Right. But it's really about value alignment here. Mm-hmm. And sure the 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 youtube partner program brings in a ballpark of around 200 bucks a month uh, for mm. that subscriber count so you you're, you're going to have to get to like 10,000 100,000 subscribers before it it's substantial and like i said you'll probably have a lot more opportunities brands that want to sponsor content for you you can do affiliate marketing stuff if that's in alignment with what your viewers want uh, you can create products and services and, and template stores before you even get to a thousand subscribers. So there's the sky's the limit. It's just, you know, which one do you focus on first?
1: Yeah, Interesting. That's a, uh, uh, I've always been interested in that and that uh, that's the first time anybody has ever like kind of really explained that to me at least. So, so I appreciate that. I'm sure uh, a lot of people out there would go, wow, that's hmm. never thought about it that way. So um, good stuff. Well, hey, what's a what's a business struggle that you've had over the years? I mean, most of us have been in business for a long time. We got buckets full of them. Mm-hmm. And what's something if you could warp back to when you started and go, hey, you're going to have this problem. Here's the solution. yeah what what would that be for you
0: yeah it's it's hard to pick the biggest one because you know uh you know the journey is (laughs) it's all over the place i would say um the the biggest struggle i think for a lot of entrepreneurs is uh well there's two things and and there's and they're kind of related to each other number one self-discipline is completely overlooked and underrated for most mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, being able to say no and being able to focus are two of the biggest hurdles that you would need to overcome in order to be successful and creating something for yourself. If you're trying to build this lifestyle with freedom and fulfillment and you know more money than you could possibly imagine, but also having an impact with that, I think those are all great goals. But if you don't master the self-discipline, and develop your ability to stay focused it's gonna take you a really long time a lot longer than you want it to in order to have some breakthroughs. so that would be what i would tell my former self is like you know maybe be a little less impulsive uh in a lot of (laughs) other areas that seem unrelated you know it's like Mm -hmm. oh i don't feel like making dinner tonight let's go and get some wendy's bad idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting that's a that's an interesting connection there (laughs) for sure but but true um and and that kind of falls in line with the shiny object syndrome too right so it's like like just focus on where you're trying to go create a plan and get there for sure yeah so well hey kind of closing things up here um if If you could pick someone that you could have invited to the show today, dead or alive, friend, mentor, whoever it could be, and you had a burning question for him, what what would that question be and who would have you brought on the show?
0: It's a perfect segue. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, like
0: for me, uh, one of the most impactful books I've ever read multiple times and listened to the audio book was Atomic Habits by James Clear. I recommend it to everybody because he really has a way of simplifying, uh, you know, what is, what are the cues and triggers and responses when it comes to habits? And, you know, uh, I want to develop my morning routine to a point where, you know, I just nail it seven days a week, doesn't matter what's going on. And so the question I would ask James would be, you know, what is it that I can do to create habits? What out of what you've seen after all this research and years of creating blogs, writing your book, creating content, what are some of the key things that you would you could share with us to help us be, you know, focused and productive with an online business when you're a solopreneur working from home? Yeah,
1: it's interesting because his book sales are going to skyrocket now because that's back to back two people in a row that have almost the exact same answer. So, um, so I'm sure he'll get some extra book sales out of that, but I hope he we, does. It's worth it. Yeah, I not recommend we, it more. We could all use probably buckets full of what you're talking about at times for sure, sometimes more than others. Um, uh, I'm in the middle of a book launch right now and it's like juggle juggle right so it's like juggling things so on so forth and how to manage it all for sure but well hey thank you for all of that that was great how do people get a hold of you how do people get a hold of you to work with you
0: i would say you know what reach out on linkedin i love that platform i i, I leverage a two-prong you know a, a approach with my content Crave for linkedin and crave for youtube Uh, Mm -hmm. and and build the bridge between those two platforms so you can reach out to me it's Matthew Bigger Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel which is youtube.com slash Matt Bigger and that's M-A-T-T-B-I-G-G-A-R happy to have you connect on LinkedIn or or you know check out some of the content on the YouTube channel
1: awesome good stuff well Matt hey I, I know we're all busy thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here um And I think you dropped some really good stuff here today for people um, either new and or some of us old dogs too. So uh, good information and thank you for being here. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for tuning into this episode of War Room Moments. And always remember, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. My name is Jason Miller, your podcast host, signing off.